0: Think about your perfect weekend. What was? What did I do this weekend? Oh, think about your perfect. Oh.
1: Think about your perfect weekend.
0: Think about it. Six Flags Chinese food.
2: <laughs> it's 10 a.m. Not a cloud in the sky. You're on your way to the Six Flags. <laughs> it's 74
0: degrees. There's no traffic. There's no tra- There's no traffic in sight. You have a full tank of gas. You have a can of Coke,
1: so your friend can get him for a dollar. <laughs> Who are you there with the cat? Introduce yourself. Hi hey guys, it's Dave. <laughs> and this is Big Will, aka Uncle Buck. <laughs>
0: and uh, this is the uh, perfect weekend end of the conversation. I'm Tom. Uh, yeah, I'm Justin too. Um, I'm Justin also.
1: Yeah,
2: and I'm. I'm, I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking about. <laughs> like what the perfect weekend is, you know?
1: Yeah, we were talking about that before. Like yeah.
2: does is, is, you think there's like a checklist out there
1: or hmm. do you have to make it up?
2: Cuz I don't like just I don't like writing per se. So I, I would love if somebody had like a fill in the blank for your perfect weekend. Right. Like a Mad Lib.
1: I had a pretty perfect Whoa. weekend that I took notes.
2: <laughs>
3: what, Hell is, yeah. what is the, what is the right amount of church? In one weekend, perfect.
0: Hour and ten minutes. Uh, Hour and ten minutes. You can break it up however
1: you please. Yeah, Yeah. some you Gotta go. As long as you
0: get the Eucharist,
1: that's it. If by if if by church you mean a heavy whole podcast episode, we usually try to we try to keep it a little bit over an hour but under two hours most of the time. You know what I mean? Like rule of thumb. If that's what you mean by church. Yeah, welcome. to That was it. exactly what I meant. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? It, just like
2: church, you come to a heavy hole, you get that body. Whoa. You go to church, you walk in, you get the body.
1: Alleged, You, alleged, listen, you sit down, you listen to a heavy s- hole, you get that. Body. Simmer down. We're,
0: we're a bring your own pew establishment.
1: <laughs> simmer down, guys. All right, yeah. it's getting All right, a little getting wild. Yeah. It's getting a little blasphemous out there, man. Um, I, now I, I I went to the trouble of telling you I took notes. I'm going to read them. You guys yeah. good. Yeah. I tell, like you, tell
0: us about your weekend.
1: I know. I like that you guys are doing this kind of abstract, freestyle, hip hop, how is your weekend thing <laughs> bit that you're doing. But I, I'm going to reel it in for the listeners, man. I got to say, shout to, to Rochester, man. I had a great weekend. Shout to Undeath, Internal Bleeding, uh, Mutilatred, and Deal with God up there at the Bug Jar in Rochester because Afterbirth uh, performed up there. We had a beautiful little time. We. Some bands borrowed each other's drum shells and amplifiers. It was it was a beautiful little. It was like it was almost like Woodstock in that regard. Yeah. Fuck so yeah, like potluck. Yeah, sharing. <laughs> it was nice, man. We had t-shirts, brightly colored t-shirts for after. Everything was nice. It was a beautiful weekend. Um, Yeti was there. Shout out to Yeti. To- speaking of that, tall guy, very Yeti tall cool. guy. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty tall. What was his band? At, um... They were on uh, 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 Severed Records. Um, troglodyte? No. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hold on a second. No, I'm an idiot. I'm like, you got
0: coolers sponsor in this show? Yeah, was yeah. it? Was Yeti actually there giving yeah. you the expensive gear?
1: No, hold on. Now I got to go to the CD. Yeti, is he's this
3: really tall guy that's part of the <laughs> Rochester scene.
0: Oh, all right, right and on. I
3: didn't actually know that he was in a band. I just like I, I've seen him in pictures because I have friends with other people from Rochester, and he's always in photos.
1: Well, he's, he's why a, not? He is a death metal vocalist. Uh, Abdicate was his band. I, uh, I believe they might still be active. I don't know that he's working. With, I don't know what the deal is, but um, a, Ro, a Rochester legend uh, in his in, in his own right, um, <laughs> as was the Bug Jar Bobby up there at the Bug Jar Man. Beautiful time. Does the, All does the Bug
3: Jar still have that? Like the kitchen
1: on the ceiling. Uh, there's like, well, there's like huge table, table and chairs and shit like that or something. There's all sorts of stuff at the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, it, probably there's tons <laughs> of shit all over. It's 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 weird. Right. Yeah, yeah. Top yeah. top five things on the ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fixated by the huge bugs, fake bugs mm-hmm. that they're are drifting around the room by the fan. It's you know that's. That- uh, that's cool. A clever contraption if you've ever seen it. Yeah, but that was that was that was my perfect weekend. I pictured my perfect weekend and manifested it. Thank you. Thank you, Justin, for helping to train me for that telekinetic research. Hell yeah, dude. Because yeah, you know, a weekend's what you make of it. That's yeah. right. So so Dave, what did you make of your weekend?
2: Uh my weekend was
3: pretty boring. I hung out with some cats. Nice. I listened to death metal. I, I ignored my kids. <laughs>
0: That's about it. Yeah. All right, beautiful.
3: All right. Are the kids listening to no. Death Metal yet? No. They they actually uh my one kid, my older kid, actually likes Undeath.
1: Nice. Alright. Like, All right.
3: like nice. I was driving somewhere and I, I had on like the, the first Undeath album and he just he was like, Well, I like this. And like so he would like he started asking for it in the car and it, it lasted like a week and then he he kind of got you know distracted mm. and forgot about it. But like it was kind of cool to like put on something like you know, a good, a good, good music. Not a, I don't know, like uh, whatever the fuck kids are listening to these days. Uh, Hopefully, Billy Joel.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, undead I mean, man. Don't
1: kid-friendly Billy. Oh, God. Sorry. Why, why uh, would I hope you guys don't on Billy Joel, man? Why wouldn't Billy Joel yeah. not be kid-friendly in the first place? That's what I'm. Is there a, is there a problem here? No, nah, man. It's just that oh.
2: you know, just that younger generation of kids just. I really don't like what they're doing. Listen to Billy Joel and shit like Every that.
3: Every single one of his songs is about his own <laughs> penis. You know that? <laughs>
1: That's good. Uh, the, the man knows. I like that part. Yeah. He, write, he writes about what he knows. Ugh. Like
3: Stormfront, obvious. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh boy,
2: uh, I have a, this... I do have a question for the parents out there who want to get their kids into death metal or like maybe they is it does it work with like the more you ignore them the better of a chance they have at being like good people.
4: <laughs> is that there a thing
2: <laughs> cause like I don't know you think about like a lot of people in like death metal and stuff like that it's like you know maybe your relationship with your dad or something like or your mom like really wasn't that good so you were like kind of brooded away to your bedroom and like just like you're listening to Slayer and stuff you're like what does it mean you know like uh, if you had more hugs maybe you'd oh, be more of a Billy Joel yeah, fan yeah yeah, yeah.
3: Like, I, have a great, I have a great relationship with my parents
0: you're an exception to yeah. that
3: rule sorry (laughs) no it's good no
0: fuck me (laughs)
1: that was was about as as good as my weekend was (laughs) that's your weekend that's your thinking about that Tom Tom (laughs) just a little bit about your weekend please to cleanse the palate if you will right, here I'll I'll change it up
0: so um, my wife got LASIK eye surgery this weekend
1: Jesus Christ what are we doing nice
0: Dude, she's f- seeing everything. is she heating up things with her eyes now? Her eyeballs are so crisp at the moment. Laser eye but surgery. She couldn't... Oh, like, my see God. for a day-ish, a day and a half. You'd be surprised how quick that shit heals up. She's, like, okay now. Five <laughs> minutes? Listen. Hey, f- Five-minute procedure. Yeah.
3: I, I got a question about the, the LASIK. When you... Did you go to the... Did you have to, like, hang out in the waiting room while she was having it done?
0: Uh, no, I waited in the car because it was... Uh, you know oh, COVID. The, COVID yeah covid stuff yeah
3: because yeah. my my dad got got lasik like 20 something years ago and i was the one that like brought him there while i had this thing and then brought him back and they had a closed circuit television in the waiting room of the procedure
5: oh so like, you got to close watch the whole thing on,
3: on the fucking eye yeah it, it was like super duper like pathological gore grind shit like they like slice wow. the eye they, they put like this metal thing on the fuck on, on your face like slice the lens of the eye and mm-hmm. like do laser like lasers and shit on it then they like flop the the, be- the bit of flap of skin back over and oh yeah it was like if, for the longest time i didn't want to get lasik but now i, I kind of want to get it because i just hate wearing glasses
0: when i can't see shit so basically in the past like 10 years they have fixed it up where you're just in and out of there in five minutes it's the same procedure but they're so much better at it and Mm -hmm. it takes way less time like i went to go get some food while she was doing this and she called me while i was at the diner like i'm done where are you Like i thought you're blind so it was kind of fun you know leading her around i got like i got to pretend i was benny from the mummy you know, you know when the guy loses his eyes to yeah. the mummy and, yes. and like he's the translator mm-hmm. and i got to tra- and she got annoyed because i kept translating things for her but she <laughs> yeah. could talk it was but i got on her case you know i had fun well i had well, a good time with that
1: you have to do that if she needs a big <laughs> pair of dark goggles with a spotlight on them i'll loan it to you. i don't got a use for them anymore <laughs> but i'll hey, take those are we listen. gonna put those on ebay Listen, enough with these uh, images of a mortal damnation. You might want to tell your, your wife to cover her eyes. Um... Because uh, Justin was talking about, um, you know, people with a, a background. Maybe maybe they were conceived in a crack house like the new single from the band Immortal Suffering uh, from New York. Classic New York City death metal band. Um, back at it again, as always. Tonight we're going to talk to Leo Backman, longtime guitarist of Immortal Suffering. And from some other acts that we might have to dig up from the grave. Dig it. Call him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> dig it. <laughs> Big Will yeah. from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with none other than guitarist Leo Backman, known best for his work in Immortal Suffering. How are you, sir? How are you
5: doing? It's Dr. X, though,
1: don't forget. Me. Dr. X, aka yeah. Dr. X of Immortal Suffering. Yeah. And we're going to get into that yeah. mysterious background as much as you'll let us today, sir. My first question always is Are you from a particularly musical family, musicians in your upbringing, or anyone when you were growing up that got you into heavy metal?
5: Nah, I had no family. There was no family. It was my father. He didn't give a shit about music. I got him into metal, actually, like towards the end. uh, It's pretty funny. But I'll tell you a funny story, though. Uh, There was this guy, Dane. He lived on the fifth floor. We lived on the fourth floor, right? Okay. And this guy played guitar. And he would bring his guitar and his Marshall stack up to the roof and drop an extension into his window. And he would blast off, bro, right? So it must have been like late 70s. I must have been like seven or eight years old. Uh, Well, see, that's an indication of my age. I don't want to do that, but (laughs) fuck it.
4: But anyway,
5: uh, so this guy, right? He was cool. He played with all the kids. He throw the football with us. He He was like, he was a teenager at the time. He was like 18, I'd say. And, you know, went, went everywhere without, didn't go anywhere without his guitarist. So anyway, he'd blast and he'd play riffs and play solos and all that shit. You could hear it for like, blocks away. So he plays this riff. It was a riff, uh, the Sabbath riff, right? From Iron Man. And I was like, when I seen him, I was like, what the fuck was that you played? He says, oh, uh, what, what? No, 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 no. You know how the riff goes, right? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, that's Sabbath, man. Oh man, ever since I heard that, that was the that was the never ending quest after that.
1: <laughs>
5: you know? Okay.
1: So so Leah, and where where are we talking about? We don't have to get t- uh, too specific, but where are you from originally? Oh, what are you a cop or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking.
5: Yeah, I'm from over here. I'm from Queens. You know, we're from Queens and stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. The 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 um, grew up in Queens. And uh, and uh, and that's it. What can I tell you? You know.
1: No doubt, Queens, no, New York. No doubt about it, man. So, do you remember your first guitar? Very first guitar you ever got?
5: Mm, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, well. I had a guitar. I had like this guitar that's that I still have that my father bought for like ten dollars off this old lady her husband died
4: mm. and it's a
5: 1935 vega right it's like an arch top it's a really nice like a jazz guitar so i used to play that but who the fuck wants to play that shit i wanted a fucking electric guitar you know what i mean
4: fuck.
5: <laughs> so the first real guitar electric which was a real piece of shit i think it was like a one of those hondas you know um like it was like a black Stratocaster, a fake Stratocaster, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But It was all right, uh, you know, to learn on. Actually, it wasn't all right. It was a real piece of shit. The <laughs> action sucked. Everything sucked about it. But it, it 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 did whatever it had to do, you know.
4: Okay, uh, well,
5: second guitar was the was the good one. That was the Charvel. Mm. That was a uh, eighty six Charvel, which I still have. That was model six that was that was the second one i still have it still use it man that that fucking thing is great
1: nice nice wow
5: so when did
1: when do things start getting extreme metal for you like when do we start i i assume maybe it's like thrash metal early death metal in the 80s
5: yeah it was a progression you know like you know sabbath and then there was priest my friends liked priest a lot you know, screaming for vengeance came out. That was a great thing. Killers was out from Maiden. That was pretty cool. And then, like uh, a year or two later, Kill 'Em All came out, and that was like the next level shit. You know, it was like, oh shit, that's even heavier and faster, yeah, yeah, right? You yeah. know, Metallica is well, we all know what they are now. They're like a shadow of what they used to be. Not even
1: totally but, different era. Totally different era. Yeah,
5: yeah, but then. But then Slayer came out. I heard Slayer and I was like, oh shit. This is this is the good shit. Showing the mercy. And then they upped the scale again with uh Haunting of the Chapel. Right? Chemical Warfare. Mm. I was like, Yo, this this band is great. Then Hello Eights came out. And then all these other bands started coming out, like Creator, Destruction was an early favorite, you know? Possessed was a really I loved Seven Churches, you know?
4: Mm -hmm, That was a great mm -hmm.
5: one. And, uh... uh, What else? So it was a progression. Everything, uh, the heavier it got, I was, like, on top of it, you know? Then uh, Death came, right? Then Morbid Angel came at, at the end of the 80s, you know? You know, so it was just a progression. I had that thirst for, like, heavier and faster and more fucking evil, you know? Like...
4: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That well well for that era now um do I have it right that you were in the band Dethroned from uh New York City and and uh they they put out the I got it right here cr- uh Crushing Heavenly Impurities demo 96. Were you on that?
5: Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't in that band. I um Big Anthony and uh, Fred asked me to play which was more recent? It was in the two thousands, uh, maybe like ten years ago or so. They were resurrecting Dethroned, and they were wanted me to play. They wanted to do one show with them. It never panned out because we didn't like really have a band and Anthony was in Canada and Got me and it. Fred were there and we hired a drummer and it just didn't click together. It didn't click, you know. But I was never in that band originally.
1: Oh, I got my you know? time. I got my timeline a little a little mixed there. So, well, could could you talk about what um was immortal suffering, like your first real band that played out and and made some moves or was there anything before that?
5: I had a couple of bands before that that were like I can't even remember. I think Condemned was one of the first bands that we made with a couple of friends, and it was, you know, whatever, we were trying to do something but you know, we played a couple of shows, if I remember correctly, like two or three shows. There was one battle of a band's at a high school, and then at this place, Nobody's, and Flushing, Queens, and uh, yeah, so that was condemned. And then there was in a couple other bands, I forget, I forget, man, it's hazy, real yeah, hazy. I. I know well, What do you want from me? I'm fucking 50 years old, you expect me to <laughs> remember, really, I can't remember from yesterday. You know, uh, fuck.
1: it's well. It's all good but, because uh, I I got some notes for Immortal Suffering here because you, your first release that you're credited for is the Split Within Satanity in uh, ninety seven. Yeah, oh.
5: yeah. I joined that band in ninety six. Immortal. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. were around before that, and I I would catch them at you know local shows. <laughs> One cool show was they played with Pyrexia and Asphyxiation and Fallen Christ. And Immortal Suffering. I think there was a couple of other bands on the bill. And that was, a, that was like one of the early death fests. They didn't call it. I don't think they called it a death fest. But it kind of was. Because it was like a, like a stacked lineup, you know. Yeah. And yeah. It, was, it was really cool. So I was over there. And I was checking out Immortal. I checked out all the bands, you know. And uh, a couple of years later, this was like in 93. If I remember correctly, because Tony just joined Pyrexia, they just put out *Sermon of Mockery*, so this is like '93. And then I ended up joining the Mortal, like three years later. We used to hang out at a bar called Cheers, and uh, somehow I don't know, a friend of a friend told me, "Yeah, they got an opening." I says, "All right, let me try out." You know, so tried out, and uh, it's all history from there.
1: Yeah, and I—I you know? actually—I I read. I think it's um, Dave Zatookney, if I got his name right, had left the band, and he was actually in dehumanized after that for a while, if I got it right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. 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 I I, just, I, yeah, I, I remember the, the Castle Heights era, man. Do you, do you want? I don't know if you have any recollections about playing Castle Heights and um, uh, other venues. I know. I know. I caught you guys uh, out here at the venue was Croydaddies in Amityville at the time.
5: Oh, yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, mm-hmm. when Eternal Bleeding was at that show. Uh, Reputilation was there. Yes. Right?
1: Yes. Yeah, that was yeah, one of I my first death metal. I was, I was probably about 15 or so at the time. That was one of my first death metal shows ever, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, that was a fun show. You know, drunk and fun <laughs> show.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> and you got, you used to play Castle Heights fairly frequently, right?
5: That was home base.
1: Yeah. Of course, of course. You guys being from, well, you're you're from Queens. Was Immortal Suffering always from Queens, or or a mix of yeah, different? Yeah, always girls? from Queens. Always Queens, Queens guys. Yeah, it was
5: a Queens band. It was they were most of those guys were from um, Ozone Park. Okay. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm from Forest Hills, but you know Castle Heights. That was home base. That was everybody went there.
1: Yeah, man, you know? that was a big era, and Anita with Somber Lane bookings was a big thing for everybody from that era in the um, the, the late '90s. I think even into the early 2000s, a little bit.
5: Um, yeah, she still comes to our shows. She came yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we see her all the time, and uh, you know she's she's cool. She's she's good people.
1: Yeah, and you also you you brought up um, pyrexia. Which is funny because it's like things come full circle. I I should mention now, we're going to be um, hyping it that you guys, uh, Immortal Suffering and Pyrexia, are going out for the Escape from New York 2022 tour um, Friday, June 3rd in Pennsylvania, Saturday, June 4th in Buffalo, New York, Sunday, June 5th in Albany, New York. So it's kind of like Escape from the, the Metro New York Long Island area, man.
5: <laughs> it came from New York, but not New York State.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> if, if they're from the area, they'll get it, man. Don't worry about it. But um, yeah, yeah. So you know, if anyone's listening who's in that area, man, we definitely want you to go check this all out. So uh, you that, talking about that split within State You guys got that remastered in like 2020, fairly recently.
5: No, it was remastered in the first time was 2013, I believe. um, on um, Pathological uh, Explicit Records in Spain.
1: That's right, yeah.
5: And we got that remastered and remastered uh, the first two demos, which I wasn't on. But uh, we had that uh, Images of Horror remastered, and um, yeah, that came out good. I think we remastered it again even better. It's even... Like louder, I think. <laughs> For uh, some other shit. I I don't know. I forget <laughs> <laughs> Well
1: well Well I, I know it's on Bandcamp there. Maybe that's where I got the the, the misimpression of the date or whatever. I, mean, I don't know. But um uh this is all on Bandcamp if people wanna check it out and down and download it and support the band. And one thing I gotta ask you and and you could always you could always claim um you have you have no knowledge of it, but the, the sample before the song "I Murder" the voicemail is that is that from a real life thing, man? Is like I got That's I gotta real ask. life.
5: That's real life. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, that was like uh, uh, somebody, uh, a very <laughs> upset lady left a message for our singer. He was like dating a girl, but the girl had a boyfriend or something. I think mm-hmm. allegedly That's the story and the mother of the boyfriend, right? Okay. That got jerked by, by uh, our singer. <laughs> she called him up furious that he stole uh, her son's girlfriend or something like that. Uh,
1: allegedly.
5: Like she, like, wow. freaked out, like some stupid shit. It was just funny, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it
5: sounded funny. She wanted to <laughs> kill that mother.
1: <laughs> and we're, just for the record, we're not going to say which singer. <laughs> So ah, it
5: doesn't matter. It was yeah. Ralph. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he
1: don't care. There's no secrets here. You he don't give okay. a Okay. Okay, man. Okay, I didn't put you there, but we'll we'll leave it. We'll leave that one for Mori for uh for Mori Povich. But speaking of the two singers, I know you joined after the the two demos, but the two singers thing that was always obviously a concept. Do you, do you know where that originated from? Do you have like some some sort of like behind the scenes knowledge on that? Was it always a concept? Back in the day? Well, or?
5: this is how it was. When when I used to see him play, before I was in the band, Like everybody pretty much sang. Ray played bass and sang, right? Mm-hmm. Joe, the other guitar player, he sang too. He did backups. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Dave did some backups too. And I think the drummer, I think all of them did backup vocals. But Ray was the main singer, and then he hooked up with, with Ralphie and uh, uh they said, uh hey, let's uh Ralphie had like the high pitch like that black metal more type stuff that he would do, you know, and Ray did those subhuman fucking growl shit <laughs> like I, I, may I add that he had like in those days he had these fucking." ungodly techniques that he would do, like reverse fucking growl shit and like some toilet uh flush vocals i don 't know how he did it. It's just not human, but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, he had these techniques that were like after lunch, you know it was just
1: well, he ended up singing, singing in uh, internal bleeding for a while and did an album with them yeah, he
5: did he did. He went to i b after we broke up. Uh, in ninety eight he went to i b but he didn 't sing he sang different for them you know he uh, from what he told me he said they didn 't want those subhuman vocals they wanted more like a mid range yeah. type growl stuff uh more uh with more clarity so you could make out the words or something like that uh, that 's what he told me, and you know he didn 't sound like he did with us on internal bleeding he sounded different you know as as you probably know yeah
1: well of, of course and well th- this is, is kind of like a good point too where i wanted to ask you about your involvement in the band grotesque euphoria who i know is a, a long island band
5: yeah i'm still good friends with them you know and was a that was a pretty uh interesting band yeah i remember playing with Biolitch a few times Yes. Uh, You're pro- from Biolich, right? Yeah, I, I was the
1: singer of Biolich. Yeah, man. Guilty as charged yeah. back in the day, man. Yep.
5: I remember you guys. You guys were like technical crazy. Uh.
1: It, was a, it was a little all over the place with the genre, like, mix of yeah. genres and stuff like that. Yeah, man. A little all over the place. I man. still
5: have that little demo you guys gave me. I still have <laughs> that. It's like a, a CDR, I think it was. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah We put out a lot of those, man. We had those all over the place, man. Jeez. Wait wait one day man. Maybe you put it on Discogs. Who knows, it might be worth something. But um I you know what I still got actually. I, I was look I was listening to the the original Mortal Coil Records version of the Insatanity Immortal Suffering split today.
5: Oh uh, yeah? The the layout is yeah. made
1: made on a Mac, right on the layout. It's funny.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fred from The Throne made the cover for uh the Insanity uh part. That's that's uh, right. But- and, and Fred, he, yeah, Fred made that.
1: He also recently popped up doing artwork for our
5: band called Vomit 4th
1: from Long Island.
5: Um, yeah, that's right. He's yeah. a very talented guy. You know, I talk to him once in a while here and there, too, you know, but, you know, he's like, he's still cool. He still, like, wants to play, but who's got the time, you know? he's He's got a good job and stuff, and he does his thing, you know what I mean? But he's he's a very nice guy. Fred Fred's uh, aces, man. He's a great guy. Yeah, you know?
1: man. Yeah, this this band stuff is uh, once you're out of your twenties and thirties, and, uh, and it only gets uphill, man. You know, trying to keep everything together. Um, so with um, now speaking of that with with grotesque euphoria, you, you know, you talked about how Ray was doing a different style with internal grotesque euphoria is really one of my favorite Long Island bands because they were so different. They weren't doing the traditional, uh, you know, kind of suffocation, pyrexia, internal bleeding type of thing. They were more like a Florida-style thing. Like, how was that for you to adapt to? Uh,
5: I don't know. Yeah, that was all uh, well, Sam wrote, like, these out-of-control riffs, like odd-meter riffs um, and, like, really technical stuff, you know? And uh, I know Gabe. I know Gabe, the drummer. I, he invited me to play with them. And I know him since, like, the early 90s, too, you know? So he was like, oh, come on. He kept needling me to play. I said, all right. It was a little far for me to travel because they rehearsed in Suffolk, you know? But whatever, it was worth it at that time. I was in that band for, like, a good 10 years, you know? Wow. And uh, I got a few recordings that were never released that maybe we should one day. Uh, Maybe you'd be interested to hear it. (laughs)
1: a hundred percent man
5: well that's something i wanted to ask
1: you because you can you can look up grotesque for you on youtube to an extent but it's pretty difficult stuff to track down man has there been any discussion of at least doing like a proper band camp or something like that i'm sure nowadays there might be a label that would put it out too
5: yeah i don't know uh, i i don't know how to do that stuff on a computer you know i who's got the time you know what i mean uh you know, I could do some stuff, but I I don't like to. I can't sit in front of a computer like that. I got to be moving. I can't even sit on the phone. I'm like walking around because I can't sit still. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. man. Well, maybe maybe. You know. Uh, yeah, go on. No,
1: I'm sorry. I was gonna say maybe another guy for because I do want to eventually get Sam on the show. We had Rich from Day of Doom on the show a few months ago uh, to promote yeah, the new um, yeah. the new Day of Doom album. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. They still do the stuff. Sam still does the long-distance thing. He went to Florida. You know, he lives in Florida now.
1: Mm-hmm,
6: mm-hmm.
5: But, uh, well, you know, I, I still talk to them once in a while. Sam, I talk to him every month or two, you know. I'll just call him or he'll call me out of the blue and bother me, you know. Like, hey, you're fucking prick. Or what, <laughs> you know, Gabe, I talk to him. I talk to him today, as a matter of fact, you know.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, he, an amazing. Really undercredited drummer, in my opinion, man. Just, you know, because I was reviewing some of that Grotesque Euphoria stuff.
5: You know, we recorded, a like, a three-song thing demo. We did it on CDR over at the original Full Force with mm-hmm. Joe back in, like, 2000 and, oh, fuck, I don't know, 2005, 2007, maybe, something like that. Yeah. And when he was out in center reach up, he had this little, small little studio, you know, little tiny little place, like one room, you know, but he was already like, you know, he already was knew what the fuck he was doing. He was in complete control of, you know, (laughs) master of, of, of that, all that stuff, you know, all that electronical stuff, you know what I mean? (laughs) And we got it like this three song demo that we did in a few hours there. And uh, I got to find that, too. I got to have it. And then we did another one at at this one studio. And they had three different engineers. They fucked us. And it took us like six months to record it because we were going. uh, We're doing like three hours here and four hours there and six hours here. And they were traveling to Brooklyn from Long Island. And it it took uh, six months. But we did a, a full length, right? That was never released. And, um, that I got to, I, uh, we got to release it one day. What the fuck? You know, I, like, <laughs> I don't understand. I told, cause since there was three different engineers, it sounds like three different types of mixes almost, mm, you know? Mm, okay. And we had a master and everything, but it still sounds like three different mixes. So I told Sam, I said, Hey Sam, we we're at a show one day. Right. I said, Sam, what we got to do to fix that is. You got the track information that they gave him, like, 10 CDs with the track information, all the tracks, right? Unmixed. You know, just the guitars and drums and everything, right? I says, we got to take that track information and remix it, right? So you got the CDs. He's like, oh, I don't got that no more. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, I threw that shit out. (laughs) I threw it out. Why the fuck would you do that shit? What are you, crazy? He goes, well, you told me it was garbage. So I threw it in the garbage. I was like, bro, I meant that the the three different mixes was garbage. Uh, Holy shit, I can't believe you did that. He's laughing. (laughs) He's laughing. He's like, well, you told me it was garbage. I didn't mean it was garbage to throw it in the garbage. I said, it sounded like garbage. (laughs) You understand? He throws it in the garbage.
1: He really did throw it out.
5: He, he threw it out. Yeah. He, oh my I was like, god! Bro, why didn't you hold on to it?
1: For a minute because, there, yeah, man, I thought you were it joking. Oh man! I, I th- thought
5: he was joking too.
1: Okay. All right. Well, but he
5: threw it out, so <laughs> it'll never get remixed. But I still have one master copy. If that master copy uh, gets lost or damaged, that's it. Nobody will ever hear that that record.
1: Yeah. If so, if pathologically explicit. <clears throat> or or uh, or, uh who, who, who who who's the other one um uh the, the guy John, John Severed, mate. yeah Severed May one of these label if one of these labels is listening, cut this guy a check and get this shit out there already come on um ah, but-
5: what check what check man, nobody pays nothing <laughs> come on <man. laughs>
1: you're, right, you're right you're right whatever
5: you don't have to pay just it's already <laughs> recorded take the fucking master and press the copies you know and yeah. just give me a couple and that's it just yeah. put it out the man, give
1: the man twenty you know? CDs. Yeah, do it do your thing. Yeah,
5: <laughs> give him twenty CDs. I fucking I throw Sam will throw him in the garbage.
1: <laughs> so, well, li- talking about something that that that's that's maybe a little bit more relevant right now, man. Um, did didn't you record Asylum by Immortal Suffering with Joe at Full Force?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, that was a full force. The new Full Force. Yeah. And now yeah. I think he has a new, new Full Force now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He moved again to a different location, and it's like he's telling me that's like total state of the art. I got to check it out, you know? He's
1: driven. Driven man. There, there yeah, was- he's he's a good guy, Joe. He's a good guy. I, I did. Um. Uh, I, I, I'm also in um Afterbirth uh, from out here in Long Island now. That's and- a
5: great band, Afterbirth. <laughs> I like that band.
1: I I I um I'm lucky to work with those guys, man. And, but I'm um, uh, I worked we did we did one album with Joe out there at the Lake Ronkonkoma Full Force, and it was I mm-hmm. said he's, he's like an octopus. He's like mixing your album, tweaking something over here, watching a baseball game over here, watching another baseball game over here. Like he's and he's doing, yeah
5: the Braves yeah, right the
1: Braves yeah he's crazy with it, but he he knows exactly what he's doing, man. I got to get the guy in the show yeah. eventually. Good guy, Joe. Yeah.
5: About Jack Daniels in, in the fucking the the fourth hand. <laughs> a joint in the in the seventh hand. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. That's all under the table. Um so
5: ah, we're legal. Who gives a shit? You're
1: right. You're right too, man. You're right, man. Cut loose. But talking about asylum appropriately enough, take us take us through the band getting back together. You know what I mean? How does asylum come about back then? All
5: right. So this is what happened. It was like I think it was twenty ten. And me and Sasha, the bass player, we went to uh, Jersey to see Slayer show, right? They're playing in, like, that hockey arena or whatever. Fucking Slayer. It's like a family reunion, you know, <laughs> go to Slayer's show back in those days. So yeah. we go over there. After the show, we watch Slayer do uh, the thing, right? I think they did Seasons in the Abyss, like, start to finish. I think that was the thing that they were doing at the time. But anyway... After the show, we're walking back to in the parking lot, walking to try to find the truck. And uh, then I hear, yo, Leo. And I look over, and it's Joe and Rudy, right? I'm like, oh, shit. And it's like the whole band is together, minus the singers, you know? And I'm like, yo, let's go to the bar. Let's drink. Let's hang out. <laughs> but I always ran into Joe all the time, you know? Once in a while in Queens, I would run into him. And we'd chill for a little bit, but then at, at that Slayer show, we went. And it's like, yo, why don't we? Uh, it was like the Blues Brothers. It was like, yo, let's get the band back together, you know? Hmm. Yeah, all right, all right, let's let's try it out, you know. So we went to work. Uh, we booked a studio to see what what we could do, and let's relearn the old material, you know. Let's try to remember it, you know, and. So we rented uh, the Roxy at the Roxy studio over there where Dennis used to have it. You know, uh, rest in peace, Dennis. He was a great guy, too. But um, we so we went over there for a couple of hours and hung out, got uh, a whole bunch of beers and uh, tried to remember the songs. Now, you know, me and Joe still stayed active. I was still active playing music, but Rudy wasn't he didn't touch his drums in years like over a decade, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he was a little rough, but we got him back, you know? We got him back into good fighting form. And then um, I think it was the first show we played back was Go to Christ. He put us on the death fest that he had in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I think it was at the Paper Box, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. One of those places over there the paper box and uh he gave us a nice time slot you know and um we bought uh some uh shit from the what what do you call it the butcher like uh, some kind of animal head and <laughs> some intestines and hearts and livers and all that shit to throw out just like the old days and they did, they said no nah, no nah, please don't do that <laughs> not here so that fucking that box it was like a, a styrofoam cooler you know full of fucking gore Ooh, ooh. That, that's probably still sitting there somewhere in the paper box in the corner oh, somewhere. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs>
1: now you, you know but- you, you, hold on you say like the old days can you take us through a little bit of the old days and, and what and like because maybe people don't understand because Immortal Suffering as someone who grew up as like a kind of a teenager in the New York death metal scene, while you guys were doing your thing, the first round, you guys, you know, it was it had a reputation as being a, a different kind of vibe than, say, dehumanized or internal bleeding. You guys had more of this occult horror movie, um, you know, a little bit more of a, a stage image um, with gore and things like that. Could you talk about that? Yeah,
5: the whole the whole foundation of Immortal Suffering was horror-based, like Mm -hmm. horror movie-based. In other words, like, you know, if you ask somebody, what what does death metal sound like? I would be, I would say, well, like, take a horror movie. You watch a horror movie, you know how it looks like. Death metal is what a horror movie sounds like, you know? Like, kind of like, you know, to make an analogy. But, so the singers, they were behind, they were the masterminds behind all that. They would go to the butcher before every show and get fresh gore. You know, intestines, cow livers, hearts, all <laughs> sorts of shit. Oh, God. And, um, and throw it out at the audience. They would, First, they would make a cross out of, like, these big wooden branches. And they would put this, like, a fake body on it. And and then the stomach cavity, they would put all this gore. And during the show, they would dig out the gore out of the stomach cavity of this dummy hanging on a wooden cross, right? And, <laughs> and they would throw it at people. Then they had a blood machine of a little baby, like a baby doll yeah. with the yeah. skull fucking taken off, and they would put, like, chopped meat in it to look like brains, and, like, they had a vacuum cleaner that would pump instead <laughs> of suck, and it would pump like Hawaiian Punch through the fucking, through the arms, and it would come out of the eyes and all this shit. It was, it was you know, these guys, were, how they came up with that, I don't know. But they would carry this fucking little stage show everywhere. And they would be with fucking mops cleaning up after the show, fucking all, all the fucking gore and the Hawaiian punch that was left on the floor, you know? Made a mess. Wow.
1: Did, did anyone... But I got a good
5: story for you about, about a cow heart. Yeah. If you want to hear it. Proceed, please. So listen to this, right? So we, our CDs came from the the split with Insatanity came and we had a show at Castle Heights, right? For a record release party, right? CD release party. So Ralphie goes, okay, I got two cow hearts over here during the show. He was saying this. I got two cow hearts. I'm going to throw them out during the show. Anybody who brings us a cow heart gets a free CD, right? (laughs) So, you know. We play the show. After the show, we're hanging out. We're at the bar, drinking, whatever. One guy comes up to me and says, dude, I got the cow heart. I was like, all right. Give the man a CD, right? So he takes the heart and throws it on the floor. He's done with it, right? A guy behind him, like, he's all lurking in the background. He says, oh, shit, now's my chance. So he grabs the cow heart that this dude just threw on the floor. And he comes up to me, he goes, I got one too. I says, no, no, no. I seen you pick that up. Right? So he's like, he's a little confused now. He's like, well, um, oh, shit. So if I eat it, will you give me a disc? I was like, fuck yeah, motherfucker. Oh, boy. <laughs> he didn't eat the whole thing, but he took a bite, man. He took a big bite out of it. Ooh. And that was good enough for me. You got a free disc. Wow. wow yeah you know wow.
1: allegedly raw. allegedly jesus raw bro raw damn
5: how hot
1: that was at castle heights that
5: was castle heights oh
1: yeah. the 90s were a different fucking beast man jesus so in satanity played huh
5: um i believe so Did you i guy- would think so cd release bar i think they did play yeah
1: oh, i just want to know if you if you ever uh were friendly with um uh their old singer mark Rokar in particular very very interesting individual
5: yeah we were friends with him i mean they they were from jersey they were like from south jersey so mm-hmm. it's not like we hung out with them but we would play shows with them so you know we knew mark he was uh like um uh a church of satan guy or something uh yeah. Um, I think, uh, like a Levian uh, Satanist, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So he was like a reverend or a minister or of the, you know, something like that.
1: Yeah. You
4: just- know,
5: we we're cool, friendly, but it's not like we hung out all the time.
1: Okay. Okay. You know, like- yeah, just, 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 uh, curious. I have actually reached out to him. I don't want to blow up his spot, but I've reached out to invite him on the show, but I think he's on a totally different waiver nowadays, man. So it's all good, but, but, um... Uh, shout, shout out to those guys. Now, uh, like we were, I just wanted to get some of those blood and gore stories because the listeners m- might not realize that that's a distinction Immortal Suffering had in the New York scene back then. I, I really think. Um, and so the band comes back. You record Asylum with Joe at full force. Oshuary Industries puts that out 2015, and you proceed to um, keep keep up momentum. And 2019, you put out Preyed Upon. Uh, back with Pathologically Explicit, but um, Rudy uh, had parted ways with the band b- by that point, and you got Randall Reekskin, right? Yeah.
5: Rookie. His name is Rooks. Rooks. Rookie. No more Randall or, I don't even know his real name. Okay,
1: Rooks. Rooks. Yeah. So, and at that point, both Ray and Ralph are still singing for the band, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah, they were still, yeah. They're still in the bin, so that
1: you put that out like right before the pandemic,
5: yeah, like a year before, like the summer before the pandemic 19, yeah, 2019. And we put it out in a little bit of a rush because uh, we wanted to have the CD release party in Vegas, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, at the Vegas Death Fest, yeah. So we got it out, you know, but we were planning it for for a while, you know. Our writing um our writing style. It, it takes a long time. We refine it. We sit there in the studio for hours and hours and and then come back and refine it and refine it. And it takes months to write, you know, songs, but I think they come out pretty good that way, you know. Yeah, and but I- um
1: yeah, go ahead. Have you guys had an opportunity to tour a little bit on that or, or play out of state? I mean, I know you guys nowadays, um, uh, there's like di- different lifestyles and different careers and stuff going on, but were you able to at least get out of state and play out for that album and supportive it a little bit be- beyond the Las Vegas Fest before things shut down?
5: Well, we didn't tour, but we um, played some, we always play some out of state shows like Weekend Warrior type shit, you know? Like everybody works, you know, so we we try to get out there. We did some uh stuff in I think Chicago we did. Uh there was always some see oh yeah, LA. We played in LA. That was right after the Vegas fest. Uh, you know, we hit a few cities and not I wouldn't say it was a tour, but it was like, you know, we would hit some cities on some weekends and just travel a little bit and Hang out. I wouldn't say to support the album; just hanging out and having a good time. That's what I would say.
1: Okay, man. You know. And um, now, do I have it correct then that at some point Ralph Spatafora has to part ways with the band?
5: Yeah, that was unfortunate, you know. But he made the decision, and he, you know, you got him. He stepped down. He did it the right way. You know what I mean? He did the right thing. You know, instead of like staying in the band and, you know, doing what he wanted, he left the band and did what he had to do. you, you understand?
1: Fair enough, man. Yeah, respectfully, man. You know, not to not to pry into his business. Um but moving forward, you guys uh enlist Jordan uh Mamaluke from out, actually out here in Long Island, uh young guy who who people may know from his time in coronary thrombosis.
5: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was. uh, Yeah. We uh, recruited him. We captured him in our web of lies, and that's it. He's (laughs) like a little fly can't escape the spider web, you know, like trapped. (laughs) But uh, no, yeah, he he uh, he was a good find for us, you know. And uh, you know, he's chill. That's good. He he's a different type of singer from uh, Ray and Ralph. But uh, but that's okay. I mean, you know, nobody could sound like Ray and Ralph, you know. And you would never expect anybody to, you know. Why would you want to get a copy of those guys, you know? Yeah, well, something it, different.
1: It's a new era for the band, and and th- that's reflected on your new single, "Conceived in a Crack House."
5: The, the Crack House song, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Well, that's the that's your that's your first single with the new lineup, which also includes Taylor uh, Shrek <laughs> taking over on bass. Uh, who's a longtime supporter of our show, actually, someone we kind of know be- behind the scenes besides Immortal Suffering. I was at that show that um, I also I also sing for Exanguinated. Uh, we performed first at your show in in East Long Island at Rams with Pyrexia a few weeks uh-huh. ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other so day. I'm, I'm always around, man. I'm around somewhere, in, you know, behind the scenes, but. I saw Taylor there, your bass player, and I was like completely surprised that he was playing in, in *Immortal Suffering* now, man. So he's your new bass player. So those two young guys are now, um, in your new single, man, and and still in the band. You're with Joe. Is it Provisiero? Provisiero, yeah. Provisiero, and he, he is he is he say, say kind of like the the founder or one of the founding members
5: of the band overall. He's the founding member. Yeah, Ooh, he is yeah. the founding member. <clears throat> him and ray founded the band and i guess with dave touchney and uh this guy woodstock who uh rest in peace he um passed away last year he uh mm. you know um <clears throat> he he's he's gone so um <clears throat> they were the uh the four guys that uh started the band
1: uh, yeah yeah All right, well, rest in peace to him i'm sorry sorry to hear that and um respect to joe we, we would have you know if joe ever wants to come on the show too man maybe when you guys have a a new release coming out or something like that to promote in um in a few months or whenever man we we would of course extend that invitation to him uh to talk about his perspective on on the, the band's history um speaking of which do you guys put out this single recently is there something else you can talk about coming down the pipeline in terms of an album a release of some sort anything
5: yeah we're we're working on an ep we're gonna try to um work on an ep um and uh we're you know we got a a lot of uh parts of songs that we worked out we just got to put them together and do the stuff. Oh, by the way, so you made an invitation. That's it. You can't take it back. So we're going to be <laughs> at your house soon. We're, co- we're coming to your house, right? All
1: right, All right. I'm going to defrost the turkey. Don't worry. I got you.
5: Forget the turkey. You Have the beers <laughs> ready. <laughs> <Fucking> turkey. <laughs> 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 you know, a little known fact is that beers have everything you need to survive inside of a, a, a can of huh. beer. <laughs> it's got hops, which is like a bread, like some kind of grain shit. Okay. And uh, water, right? Yeah. Right? You need bread and water. You could live a whole lifetime off of bread and water. And, of course, you got alcohol, which, of course, you need. So uh, beer has the three elements of everything a human being needs to survive.
1: I I agree, man. You know? just, just for that. I'm actually, you, you, you're preaching to the choir. I'm drinking a Stella right now. Let me pop a fresh one to that. This one's for you. All right. Hold on. All right. Yeah, that's for you and
5: the listeners. I wish I had some beers in the house, but I, I drink them all, and I never have any. <laughs> the liquor closet is always full, of empty bottles, and the beers are always empty cans inside the box.
1: Yeah, you, you got, know you got go, you got to turn in the recyclables, man. Get get those deposits. Yeah,
5: yeah. Buy more beer.
1: <laughs> so I'll, I'll buy you. I'll buy you a beer when I see you, man. But it better not be on my front door, man. You and Joe got to back off. And uh, record, you know, get, the, get, get the rest of that EP out. Um, and also, uh, like we were saying before, man, you guys are going on that uh, in early June. You're doing this Escape from New York uh, kind of weekend warrior thing, like you said, uh, with Pyrexia. Uh, Friday, June 3rd at JB Love Drafts in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I like Harrisburg. Uh, Saturday, June 4th at the Mohawk Place in Buffalo, New York. Sunday, June fifth at Empire Underground in Albany, New York. Man, so people should watch out, and they could follow Immortal Suffering or Pyrexia on social media and, and get the whole scoop on where they can get their tickets and whatever.
5: Yeah, you know we're not—we're pretty easy to find. You know we're always around, uh, hanging out somewhere. You know, <laughs> check your local dumpster. I'm always there. You know, fucking, uh, you know, back alley or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Pretty
5: wa- easy to find. Yeah, you know? just
1: watch your back. Just watch your back when you're looking for Leo, <laughs> man. So watch your back when you're looking for Ooh, Dr. me. Oh, why?
5: Why? I'm not gonna stab nobody.
1: <laughs> Allegedly. So unless
5: no- uh, unless you uh, try to steal my beer beers, <sighs> then you get stabbed. I mean, you know, what's take what? my beer away? Or- what's your beer of choice? Nah. I like backs. You know, I like nice. pilsners. I like German pilsners. That's mm. what I like the best. You know, mm. Steiner I like. I like, um, uh, what's a Bitburger, Radeberger is good, uh, is good, Kronbacher is good, you know, those types of German Pilsner beers I like.
1: Okay, all right, man, I, I like that, man, that's, that's a, a very cultured choice. Are, are you of German heritage?
5: Uh, a little bit part German, my family is, but Ukrainian mostly, Okay, you know?
1: all right, okay, I hear you. So. Grow, growing up in Queens, man, a lot of different, a lot of different types of people mixing up, mixing up.
5: Yeah, there's like five thousand different countries. I think uh, Queens is like uh, the most diverse in the whole world. In, yeah. in this little area. It's what a lot of it's people It's the most say. diverse. Yeah, I think it's true. Like you can find any country from the world in in Queens. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. We've had a few guests from Queens say something similar, man. Um, And, you know, it's something I always like. I brought up the humanized once or twice, but you guys, too, people don't realize Queens is its own thing. It's not really, uh, you know, it's one of the boroughs, but it's not New York City. And it's also not Long Island. It's its own world, you know.
5: Yeah, it's like somewhere in between. It's like uh, Limbo Space or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, Let's go, yeah
1: so, It's own death metal scene to research, too, man, accordingly. So I'm glad that we got a little bit of, of this history, man. And as I wind down, I told people to go check you guys out on this mini tour. Uh, Prayed Upon is the most recent album, and people can also check out that Conceived in a Crack House single. Uh, like we said, with Jordan and Taylor, your most recent in, uh, members enlisted uh, to, into yeah, the Yeah,
5: JFRO, JFRO, and T-Fresh now.
1: They don't go by those names anymore. Okay. All right, Dr. X. So so one thing I always leave off on, though, now I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot to recommend one older release and one newer release by any artists you like at all, um, just to recommend something cool, metal or whatever. Oh,
5: you put me on the spot. Just well, so- older relief, like what, What from like a local band or bands from that I like anything, or something like that?
1: Anything, just something from something from back in the day and something from a little bit more recently. We're very vague. We just want you to recommend two cool things that, that, uh, that you really love.
5: Well, I remember this one. I had a demo of uh, this band. Oh, oh I got to fucking do a shout out for Asphyxiation back in the day from Queens. <clears throat> Oh, okay. They okay. were a band that that was a sick, fucking tight unit, and um, and they they were just out of control. They they were just unbelievable musicians, and and they were just furious, vicious shit, you know.
1: Asphyxiation, uh, huh?
5: Yeah, Mario Mario uh, Fernandez. He play, I think he's he plays with uh, EGH now. He plays with EGH. He was with Terror Ave a while more of a hardcore drummer okay all right but asphyxiation was was death metal it was uh uh like hardcore death metal kind of you know crossover i would say but but they were really good that that stuff they never really put out an album but they put out some demos that were really good but live they were fucking just out of control you know i really enjoyed that and something new something i heard recently uh, I don't know. Um hmm. I can't think of nothing uh uh let me see what bands I uh, was listening to. There was a, a couple of bands that that really caught my the band um Incontinence. There's one band I could uh remember. Incontinence was really yeah. good.
4: Great uh, band, they, great. Band.
5: Yeah, that that one I really enjoyed. I seen them live like a few years ago. Oh, Defeated Sanity, I love Defeated Sanity. That that mm. band's great, crazy. Also, Cytotoxin, that's another German band. They're fucking out of control. Cytotoxin, you know? um, Defe-
1: yeah. Defeated Sanity, uh, former guest of the show, Little Gruber.
5: Oh,
1: okay. Yeah, we had him on a while <laughs> back. What do you have, What do you have? A parrot?
5: Yeah, I got. I got a. a uh, his name's Lemmy. Lemmy. <laughs> he's a parrot. Tell me he's about just the hangs parrot. Out.
1: Please tell me about the parrot, man.
5: Well, he's a clown-faced idiot <laughs> that uh, <laughs> likes to break balls. When you're on the phone, he starts breaking balls. Love, you know,
1: I love it. I love it. It's great.
5: You <laughs> know, and uh, he's just chilling out. And I got two other little parakeets, but they they don't bother nobody. They're just hanging out and having sex with each other. <laughs> but this one. <laughs> This one is uh, he's a character.
1: How long, how long have you had him? How, how old is he?
5: Uh, I don't really know. We found him. He just flew on, on uh, my wife's uh, sister-in-law's head uh, outside at a barbecue. What? And wanted food, but she couldn't have because she's got two vicious dogs. So she gave the parrot to us, <laughs> right? And we took him. And then, if you want to hear a story, real quick, it's funny. So we took him home, right, uh, in the cage and everything. And you know, he don't stay in the cage; he flies around and shit. You know, we let him out. But the second day we had him, I went down to check the mail, and then I come back up. I was like, "Where's, where's Lemmy?" Well, I don't know. Maybe he flew out the door. When you open the door, you asshole, you open the door and you fucking the pirate flew out the door. I'm like, nah, I think no, I would have seen a big bird fly out the fucking <laughs> past my head. You know, were you crazy? So now two hours, we're looking for this fucking, this idiot. And there's no sounds. I was like, shut everything off. Let's hear. He's bound to make a noise, you know? So after two hours, I'm like, motherfucker, he didn't throw, fly out the window. windows are closed. He didn't fly out the door. He's in the house. He's dead in the house somewhere. There's a rotting parrot corpse in the house somewhere, (laughs) right? Dead. There's there's no noise, you know, after two hours. So then I got this giant eight-foot, like a a wall unit, right, that's unmovable. I had to take everything out of it, which took an hour. My neighbor, next-door neighbor, helped me. And then we moved it together. And this idiot was behind it. Quiet, didn't make a fucking sound. He's just hanging out by himself inside a little shelf in, behind it.
4: I'm like, you <laughs>
5: motherfucker. I put my hand there. He jumped on my hand and came out like nothing was happening. <laughs> my wife is going crazy. She's fucking already depressed and ready to make funeral arrangements. Oh, you know? No. Oh, man. How am I going to tell my brother? We had the bird one day and he's already dead. <laughs> you know? fuck? <laughs>
4: Wow. But he's man.
5: okay. We, we found him. He was scared for being in a new home, you know? So of, course. And, of course. Of course. And went in the hiding place, you know?
1: Wow. I love it, man. It, it, cheers to you for giving that guy a home, man, and taking the time to find him. That's crazy, man.
5: <laughs> yeah. he just flew on, on the lady's head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he's hungry. He just wants, it just wants some home. love. Damn. Yeah. Wow! All right, he so, don't
5: like hands, though. He don't like hands. If you put your hand, he won't go. He he's he don't like hands. He he'll fly on your head and hang out on your head, but he okay. won't. He don't like hands.
1: Yeah, doesn't want to be grabbed up. Jeez.
5: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe the previous owners were like abusive and did something like grabbed him. Who knows? You know? I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. kids they don't understand what they're doing and they'll grab a bird, you know, and like hurt them. You know? Who knows? You know? I don't.
1: It's not. It's not like a cat or a dog, specialized animal. Yeah, yeah. All right, but man.
5: birds are cool because they could fly, bro. Imagine you could fly. That shit's fucking cool.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, no, man. Dude, Pod wrote a song about it, man. I remember that. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> Leo, it's. It's been real talking to you, man. I really appreciate your time and going into the whole history, uh, not just of Immortal Suffering, but getting the grotesque euphoria behind the scenes there and everything else you talked about, man. Um, we're, we wish you the best of luck in the future with the Immortal Suffering and on that Escape from <laughs> New York tour with Pyrex. I wish you the best of luck dealing with Chris Basile, man. Um my my uh, my brother from another mother over there, man. He, he's he's good people. You better Chris. wish
5: him luck to deal with me.
1: I, I'm trying to I'm trying to picture the two of you guys together in a van or something, man. Watch out, everybody. Jesus. <laughs>
5: it'll
1: be it'll be like the uh like the Braves versus the Yankees.
5: They're gonna throw me out of the band after this tour. I'm telling you, they're, 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 uh, something's gonna happen. <laughs> you got
1: too much seniority, man. It's like throwing you off a union job. It won't happen, man. Yeah. Uh, Listen, Leo, man, senori, but. I, I, I'll shoot you a link when this is out, and uh, we appreciate it, man. Any final um, uh, words for listeners of our show and immortal suffering
5: fans? Support death metal.
1: All right, man.
5: Love that's it. my phrase for 100 years now 80 years, 40 years, 40 years. Support death metal. Support that's, death that's the metal.
1: catchphrase. Support death, Support death metal. metal. Keep it simple, man. I love it. Support
5: all it. metal for that for that reason, you know? Not yeah. only death metal. Support all metal.
1: Support all metal, man, except false metal. <laughs> but, yeah, support all metal, man. Definitely, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Leo Backman of Immortal Suffering. Go check them out live on all those dates they're doing, the ones with Pyrexia that we talked about, and check out their new single and go back to the back catalog. All of that stuff, tough guy. But we were talking before about splitting up eyeballs and watching pathological gore grind footage of your dad getting his eyes cut up on TV and the guy. Dave. I, 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 I'm sorry, buddy, you're my friend, but you got to put your money where your mouth is now and recommend a really sick gore grind album for all that talk, all right? You got to back it up.
3: All right, well, I, I'm going to recommend the uh, the new Putrefaction Sets In album, and I can't remember the, the title off the top of my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so me... Are you talking about Repugnant Inception of Decomposing Paroxysm, their brand new 2022 album that came out on... Black Hole Productions, the classic long-running Brazilian label <laughs> that I just got—I oh, exactly, just got off that off of Metal, Metal Archives. That is exactly the
3: album that I'm talking about. Yeah, it's 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 got to be like album of the year for me. It's it's really it's it's like a super group. It's it's like an all-star lineup. It's guys from Lymphatic Phlegm, General Surgery, hmm. Ex Burgo, uh, Regurgitate, and like whatever other bands you're in and stuff. But it's just it's so freaking
1: good. It it really is man and I got to say I you texted me about this a few days ago and I replied like no I don't wanna I don't think so I'm not going to check it out it's it's more and I was I was very I was very grumpy about it and then I listened to it and I was like this is fucking awesome this shit is fucking sick this is pretty sweet and I was very why excited so about it Why so cult?
0: Why why so cult will?
1: I think I'm getting to the point in life where my natural reaction to being recommended something is to try to shoot it down, which is like, you know, it's just kind of like, it's like the, the old elitist state you get to, but I'm trying to fight against it. I'm trying to work against it. You know what I mean? But okay. it's like, if somebody else has an opinion on something that's already formed, I don't like, that. I don't like that. No, I want to, you know, I got to bring it to the table. So I'm, I'm working to get, that's part of, you know, Dave coming into the, into the show is opening me up a little bit, man. So I, I appreciate that. Dave- Dave, I'll just throw it out there. Um
0: we don't go that far back, you and I, but when you sent this to me in the chat, I listened to it right away. And I thought it was fantastic. It is. This is glad you liked it. This is uh You don't hear a lot of grind that's balanced this well. Um it breathes. It's not um it's not all forced down your throat. There's really cool songwriting It almost like borders on storytelling gore grind. Uh, well,
3: that, that, was, that was, that's why I like it. Is it's like it's not original. Like it's not like blowing your mind. Uh, you know, like super. Fuck. Sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, that's all right, man. I'm trying,
3: I'm trying to collect my thoughts. Uh, it's nothing new. Is what I'm trying to say. Is it? It's nothing. It's not anything new. But it's like, it's five guys that they've been doing this shit for like 20 years or 30 years or something like that. And like, they're good at it.
0: Yeah. Well balanced.
3: Yes. You know, one guy writes a song. Everybody else knows exactly what to do to make the song happen and stuff. There's no weird sections or like, like, like off songs that are kind of like, like, why the fuck is this song in this album? It's like it's just. They're like professionals. They know
0: exactly what they're fucking doing.
1: It pushes really hard. I would agree um, with everything that you guys are saying, and uh, like about it being professional and like kind of like very straightforward and a straight run. It, um, I, you know, maybe this kind of seems like the obvious comparison, talking about a gore grind supergroup, but Meat Spreader. Um, the band with members of, yeah. uh, you know, I believe that's the Dead Infection, the Squash bows, Nyctophobic OG guys. But again, the same kind of work ethic. It just sounds like people who ha- who have this passion for gore grind. You kind of know what you're getting into with the pedigree there, and with those guys, and it's not going to disappoint you. But it's also it's not you're not listening to Lymphatic Phlegm or General Surgery or any of those. But you're listening to this kind of you know streamlined classic gore grind band by professional yeah. gore grinders. I I would love to own this album and have it right next to. The Meat Spreader album, because it's just like you're like, like you said. It's probably between all those guys. It's probably like a you know a few hundred years of experience in gore grind added up. You know. All right, so that putrefaction sets in. Good job with the recommendation, Dave. I I really appreciate that. Um, And moving forward, I think we have another voicemail. I think somebody else is
6: going to chime in now. Yep. Hi. Yeah, uh, this is Jim. Uh, I'm a long-time listener, and uh, uh, I appreciate everything the Heavy Hole does. Um, I just want to note... I thought it was really interesting in your uh, episode with Karate Steve around the one hour 23 minute mark uh, as you're talking about uh, the bands that uh, the cock and ball torture people used to be in and it just starts like three minutes of silence. So it was sort of like that except for it was, it was for three minutes and at first I thought is something wrong with my podcast player? I turned it all the way up, and then uh i checked checked it, and it was fine. It was just silence and i thought what what happened to those guys and then i thought i think I think they're fine. I think it's just a an editing thing and then I just started to notice the sounds around me, the wind, I thought about my own life and um you're not what I expected in a death metal podcast, but that, that, uh, that silence was, was, uh, pretty cool. Anyway, great work with that and, and great work with your traditional, uh, interviewing work, uh, with, you know, so many interesting, uh, metal artists and, and even some, like, non-metal artists, like, uh, sadly I forgot his name and I'll, I'll go look it up, but, The guy that was into all the experimental music and uh, procedurally generated music and uh, formed or joined a black metal band with his son. I I thought that was really interesting. Anyway, uh, keep it up. Thanks a lot. Uh, Thank you very much for
1: calling in, Jim. Um, Nick Ditkovsky, I believe, is the artist that you were trying to reference there at the end who started Vomit Fist with his son, Leo. Um, yeah, people can go back and check that episode out. That's interesting. So the Karate Steve episode, Tom, I believe originally maybe it went up with the the audio sample of the band at the end a little kind of jilted, right?
0: I guess so. I don't know. what happened. i I make mistakes on the show all the time, editing, because I'm fucking up constantly. But I don't know what that is. Actually, I don't remember there being a problem. I, like, I, we have enough listeners in the show who call in or will hit you up if
1: there's a problem. Well, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think that that's what might have happened that week. I think I think there was a slight adjustment that had to be made early on in the upload day, and and he caught he caught the ep- he caught the version of the episode that did have a little bit of silence there instead of the band instead of the music playing that we had recommended. Um, and which is fine. I'm not, you know, th- th- this type of thing happens all the time behind the scenes in the show, but he, Jim went there. Mm-hmm. Jim took it a whole yeah. different place after that. I thought at first he was just trying to maybe notify yeah. us that at first I was going to say cut out, uh, you know, J- Jim's voicemail cause it was a behind the scenes thing. Like he was notifying us of a technical issue. He said he took advantage of the, like the three minute silence gap at the very end of the episode to, to think about things. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: For some reflection. Yeah. He used the that, silence f- to his be- to his benefit. He took a negative and turned it into a positive for himself.
1: He yeah, yeah. It, yeah, he just said yes. It's very very meditative.
2: Yeah. He he jazzed it up and took advantage of the notes that we didn't play. It's I love that <laughs> <laughs> these new dynamics
1: we have here. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like we we, we played a like Hathia flame song or something like that. The guy the guy got that that level <laughs> of you know inner inner peace and solitude. I like that. That's great. Well, th- thank you for sharing, Jim. I'm glad that we could do that. And you know what, Tom? Maybe it wasn't an accident. Maybe it was all yeah. supposed to happen that way. If you're seeing if you're like a fan of like breakdown music, like
2: some beatdown band or whatever. And a lot of times, they'll play some fast riffs and then stop suddenly right before, like, a breakdown part. Yeah. Right before the the fight part. If people took the silence between stopping that fast part and the breakdown, that silence in between for reflection, like this beautiful man did, instead of getting ready to fight and punch each other in the face... You know how much more uh, advanced the civilization would be. Uh, I think this is deep. I think we, I think we would all have LASIK eye surgery. I think LASIK. (laughs) I think we'd have LASIK every surgery. Free LASIK. We'd have LASIK arm surgery if we wanted to.
4: It would be like Star Trek.
3: Star Trek society, but right now
0: we could use that. It would be fun. (laughs) That was that was inspiring. Yeah, it was wow. mf effing good. Thanks, Jim. Now I'm thinking about Earl Grey tea
1: somehow. Now, now I'm thinking about whales. Remember that Star Trek movie with the whale? That was that was it was just as a kid, it was pretty epic to me, man.
0: I don't remember that one. Let's no. move along, though. This is uh, we're really going off the rails. A
1: death metal band that was epic to me as a kid <laughs> and still today continues to have a place in my heart. Immortal Suffering. Thank you to Leo Backman, guitarist of Immortal Suffering. Uh, and as we learned from, from uh, other acts through the years, uh, appreciate his story. Uh, we appreciate Jim leaving that voicemail. If you want to leave a voicemail or send us an email, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com, um, or hit us up on the social medias, do any of that sort of thing, go for, go ahead and feel free. Feel, feel wide open to do all that sort of thing. Take three minutes and even think about it. Think about what you want to say. Um, you're welcome to it. I don't know if the, you have three minutes on the voicemail time limit, though, Tom.
0: It's actually uh, it is three minutes. <laughs> it's exactly so. Don't go over three minutes, and you know what? Keep it under.
1: That maybe that's I don't that. know if that's a coincidence. I think that was meant to to, to sync up. That's kind of like um, what do they call that? Sacred geometry, right? yeah, um, yeah, dude, something like that. But look,
0: seriously, as someone who listens to podcasts, cuts podcasts, if you're gonna choose an amount of time to leave a voicemail, I would say stick to one.